really got to switch out that music, don't I? I do. I need to switch that music out. Anyway, folks, what is going on? I am a box man. This is Wrestling Outlet. Hope you guys are doing well. A lot of people got a three-day weekend coming up. One more day, folks. One more day. We got a three-day weekend coming up. At least I do. I'm sure a lot of other people do. So uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. And of course, across from me, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, of course, I am the voice of a generation, Mark Wahlberg. How are you? Better now. Uh, been a long week, man. Been a long fucking week. I'll put it that way. I am ready for the weekend. I am ready. I am more ready for the long weekend. You got anything? Uh, anything coming up for uh, Memorial Day, Sunday, Monday? Not really. Just hanging out, relaxing, enjoying the weekend. Don't have much to do. The gym's closed Monday, so I'm probably just going to be sitting on my ass and eating all weekend. So that's going to be counterproductive. Well, I mean, you can you can find a way to still work out, man. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you know, you the, know. Dog's get, the dog is getting bench pressed. There you Bye. go. There you go. I'm sure your dog will love that. Sure. Absolutely sure. Absolutely. Uh, I actually don't bench press because it is a quick way to get injured if you don't know what you're doing. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've just my upper body is not even I've never been able to bench press very well. I everyone would say, Oh, it's because you got fucking lanky arms and you're long and you're this and you're lean and you're it's like no, I just don't do much to, to work out. So I don't know. But I'm actually here by myself tonight, so I'll probably have dogs in my background all night too. You can see this girl back here scratching, scratching away. Mm-hmm. Got that fucking it's called Dallas grass and it's horrible for dogs. My I, I need to go do the treatment and that'll help. I don't have a fucking koozie, but oh well, maybe Quarters Light will sponsor us. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy me a nice Coors Light tonight, folks. Oh, yeah. You can enjoy one, too. <laughs> That's right. They showed the gimmick where, like, if the mountain's blue, because I'm seeing a blue mountain on the can, it's like beer is uh-huh. supposed to be cold. Beer is cold. Beer is cold. And wow, was that refreshing, Smart. Mmm. Mmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Mmm. That was yummy, delicious yumminess. Oh, man. Anyway. Um... Got some fun stuff to get into tonight. We've got uh, a couple of uh, things. We're obviously uh, smart. I, I, double or nothing's coming up. So uh, if you don't mind doing some predictions a little bit later. Absolutely. I completely forgot. I mean, with uh, with all the talk about Saudi Arabia show coming up this weekend, which, you know, we don't really keep up with WWE much, but it's all the podcast been talking about. So. I kind of forgot Double or Nothing was this Sunday. I don't know if you did, but I sure as fuck did. No, nah, I mean, they go hand in hand. They're, yeah, I figured they were going to be on the same weekend. kind of mentioned that briefly like a week or two ago, but uh, yeah. Well, I forget shit. I, I mean, come on. Hey, I understand. That's kind of what I do. But uh, folks, don't worry. Nothing wrong with uh, Smart's camera over there. He just uh, doesn't have one tonight, so... You get That's to look right. at you get to look at me all night. Yeah, I'm doing a little house sitting, so I don't have my webcam available to me. That should increase views, but I can see the chat, so <laughs> I will be kept abreast with what you're talking about as hopefully chat messages come in later. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. I'll just awkwardly stare at everybody during the rest of the night. Uh, so deal with it, folks. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just uh, do that. But, no, we got pictures. We got stuff to do. Um, actually came home last night to no power. Uh, we were supposed to get power back at 8.30. Came back on at 8.05. But I did get to watch AEW. And actually... I should watch that shit the next day. It's got no commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an easy, it's an easier watch to get through because you can fast forward through like entrances and things like that, things that aren't of any real consequence. I'm glad you brought that up, though. I saw, or yeah, I did see that you guys were having that sort of general vicinity was having some pretty rough weather last night. My, uh, I mentioned I'm house sitting. My grandparents are out on vacation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they wanted to do bucket list wise. Now my grandpa's retired, so they can they have the opportunities to do that. Well, anyways, they pulled off and ended up checking into a hotel because there was some kind of rough storms coming through. And as they were in the hotel, luckily, fortunately enough, they got put under a tornado warning. The power went out in the hotel. Ooh. Did not come back on. I actually don't know when it did because my grandfather was telling me that he had to uh, bring all their luggage and stuff up down four flights of stairs because the elevators weren't working. Oh, so there's like no elevators, no television, no showers, nothing. Uh, oh, oh, no showers. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I don't care what you fucking tell me. Yeah. It actually was not due to weather. Uh, it was very nice here yesterday. It was hot, but it was not, uh, no rain, no nothing. Um, we have right just this way from me, just down the road, literally like a quarter mile down the road is a boat ramp but it's one where you have to you pay to go in and if you don't pay you know it's it's the one time you don't the rangers do go down there the cops go down there and they do make sure if you have a boat and a trailer you've got that little sticker in your windshield or a little ticket so i don't know what happened but some but we have that little machine there that takes the money or the credit card or your phone, whatever. You know what I mean. And uh, someone decided to drive right into the fucking machine. And I guess it's wired into the same grid as this house. And we fucking, me, my neighbors, all of, all, all of us lost power yesterday until a little bit after eight. So wasn't even due to weather. It was due to someone being a fucking idiot. But um, we see cars getting towed all the time because they have those spikes down there. You know, the ones that if you go the wrong way, they'll pop your tire. Mm -hmm. People all the time get scared going over it, and they back up, and they have two flat tires. (laughs) It happens. We we see (laughs) that place probably keeps the tow trucks around here in business because they are always tow trucks down there fucking with people. (laughs) And there's no one here. My dogs are going to bark. Let them fucking they're fine they bark at everything now yeah that's what happens yeah it's like my uh like the younger one turned my uh older one into a a, a young crotchety little dog little shit he is well i i may have to get up and let them out at one point but um i don't know we'll see for right now but um one quick thing i guess we can go ahead and kick off this bad boy with smark is uh, we did have a legend passed just uh, yesterday, actually. Um, not a wrestling legend, though, a music legend. 
Tina Turner did pass away yesterday, uh, 83 years old, had been fighting some illnesses. I, I don't know if it was cancer or what it was, but uh, she was. But I can bring this up because uh, some wrestlers and even a couple refs did say some things in her memory. Uh, Zelina Vega wrote uh, on Twitter, along, uh, with, uh, she gave her condolences along with a lot of other wrestlers. Uh, R.I.P. Queen. Charlotte wrote, of course, Charlotte, this really hurts. This really hurt. Shelton Benjamin said, then he put RIP queen. Jade Cargill wrote RIP Trinity now on impact, um, actually shared a photo as did uh, swerve from AEW Swerve Strickland. Um, and, um, also referee Dallas Irvin, who, uh, he wrote, uh, Thank you, Tina Turner. Simply the best. Obviously one of her songs. And a couple of other uh, referees just kind of jumped in with him and started mentioning movies. And, of course, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome on Deanity. Um, have you seen that? Yeah, I have. That's pretty good. That's a good movie. She's awesome. In it, man. She uh, definitely an iconic legend, especially with what she went through. Obviously, we know what, uh, you know, if you've ever watched the movie, it's pretty awful what Ike, you know, the way he treated her, what he did to her and all that. So, you know, but, uh, the music world did definitely lost a legend. Um, just amazing, man. Just amazing. But, uh, she was definitely one of the greats smart. I don't know what, uh, what memories you got, but, uh, a lot of songs. I remember being played in the eighties from Tina Turner. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And had a song in a few movies. Not just, you know, started in one, but her song was in many, many movies. So many of her songs. So, all right. So, Mark, this is where we're going to go ahead and start to have a little fun. We're going to go ahead and have fun early on this bad boy, if that's all right. So, Hulk Hogan the other day was on uh, the MMA Hour, Smart, with Ariel Helwani. Promoting his new line of CBD products. Huh? Mm. Hulk Hogan getting into uh, joining Jim Ross in the weed CBD game. And um, it, it'll be out in about eight weeks, two months, if you believe Hogan. Um, and it says right here in the article, everything with Hulk Hogan uh, is always taken with a percentage of a grain of salt. But he's angling for a retirement match. He said that. He said that Shane had contacted him this year about uh, doing a, uh, a, a ma another match at, at, at Mania just, you know, a few months ago. Uh, he shared a picture, but it was from 2022 in February, and uh, it said uh, it was from Shane, and it said he was walking down the hallway, and he was at a Rangers game. And he was at Madison Square Garden and he passed this little poster here. And it made him think, man, Hogan, I wonder if you got one more in you. Well, you know, Hogan, he took that to me. And of course, he already asked me, brother. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the picture was from last year. So smart. That's something fun you uh, that we can have do here. So sportster. 
put out a couple of articles. One came out in 2015 and one came out in, I believe, 2022. So the one in 2015 says top 15 outrageous claims made by Hulk Hogan. And the one that came out in 2022 says 10 more outrageous claims, lies Hulk Hogan has said. Which one do we want to go through? Oh, there's so many. I mean, do we want to go with the second one? Because I feel like the first one is probably the most commonly known ones. The Metallica okay. one, the fucking, uh, what was it? George Foreman Grill one. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll go with the second one here. That's fine. We got 10 outrageous lies by Hulk Hogan. Let's uh, let's do this. This is, again, by the Sportster. Um, this was public on, published on June 6, 2022. So just about a year ago. Little little over a year ago. So okay. So the first one we're gonna start with here is number ten. Number ten, he claimed he was with Carrie Von Eric just hours before his death's mark. Okay. All right. So claiming to be one of the last people to see uh Carrie Von Eric before his death, he says that he was sitting right beside him on a plane to Japan. Uh, it's just right before Carrie took his own life. Now, the problem with that, Smart, is Carrie Von Erich uh, wrestled his last match six days in Dallas before that, number one. Number two, he had all kinds of warrants for his arrest at the time. I don't think he would have made it on a plane, especially being who he was trying to get through a Dallas airport. Um, but everyone always wonders why Hogan would even claim that when it's... Things are provable, and that that was one right there. So we're starting off good, <laughs> right? Okay. And I, I'm looking at this other list. I feel like I might have fucked up, but we'll see. Well, there's always there's always another show, Smart. You know, Hulk Hogan will say something stupid again. It's like just put that on the back burner. We trust me. If we save that, it's there's not going to be a problem. So, all right. He once fought Pride Fighters. Can't remember Pride, that old promotion back, you know, a few few years ago. Um, now, this is a famous one from the from uh, from from 1993. Uh, Hogan said he was asked to join the UFC, despite the founders of UFC saying they've never talked to him about it. Um, now, he also claimed that he had spoke to and faced MMA pride fighters in 1977 and even beat some in legit fights. Now let's talk the problem with that, Smark. Uh, pride wasn't established until 20 years later in 1997. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. Ah, uh, so I did see that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I did still when I was looking at it, did say that Hogan was asked to join the UFC, which is fucking wild because obviously that never happened. Although I could believe, I guess technically, that he probably could have gotten the jump on some of these pride fighters if he was fighting them in the 70s. Like he might have been able to beat a baby Fedor. It could have happened. Mm, baby Fedor, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. It'd still be a close one. 
like a nine-year-old Vador. Mm-hmm. Well, well, by then, he probably knows what he's doing. He's probably getting tapped out. I'm, I mean, we're talking like maybe a three- or four-year-old Vador. I don't know. I would put Hulk Hogan right now with Hasbula, and I think he'd get his ass, his ass fucking handed to him. Mm-hmm. If you know who Hasbula is. So, all right. Number eight, Smark. He wanted to turn heel in 1990. So everyone, uh, everyone knows Hogan's obvious heel turn happened in 1996. But he claims he wanted to do this six years later, brother. So he was on a podcast in 2021. And he said he pitched an idea that, um, that after he lost the belt to Warrior, he would, uh, at WrestleMania 6, Hogan would hand the belt over and turn heel to attack the Warrior. He even said he would have been uh, Triple H Hogan and a major heel. But Vince vetoed it. Um, it's This would have been in the heat of his like popularity, 1990. This was all still about Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous to think that they were going to stop selling all the merch, all the red, all the yellow, all the fucking shit that he was, all the bandanas. No, 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 no. I mean, it would have been if it, if it was actually true, which obviously it wasn't. It would have been a pretty impactful heel turn if that's what he turned heel. It would but, have been. It would have been. But I think it was pretty fucking impactful when he did it in 1996 also with an NWO. So, you know. For sure. I actually just watched that the other day. I was watching Bash at the Beach in 96. Nice. Nice. All right. Which I will argue once again, Bobby Heenan did nothing wrong because the entire pay-per-view, they're talking about how you can't trust anybody. Like this is what's talked about on commentary throughout every match, not just the main event, but every match. Nobody feels safe. Nobody feels like they can trust anybody, including the people that are at the commentary desk. They feel like they can't trust each other. Hogan comes out. Heenan, not liking Hogan for decades, doesn't trust him. How does that not make sense kayfabe-wise? Exactly. Heenan actually stuck with kayfabe. Exactly. Because his whole history with Hogan is he doesn't trust the worthless piece of shit. He knew he was a piece of shit. Everyone should have known it when he knew it. Mm-hmm. Which was basically what he was saying as the heel turn was happening. Like when he drops away, he's like, see, I fucking told you people 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't know if we've ever actually talked about that, but I actually 100% agree with you. Bobby Heenan did nothing fucking wrong. I don't understand why everyone's like, he ruined the fucking segment. No, he didn't. If you think that ruined the segment, then you're a fucking non, you know, you really can't think for yourself at that point then. Right. Come on. Come on. Anyway, speaking of the, the great Hulk Hogan, the Japan shoot. Now, they said, uh, according to the article, this is one of Hogan's oldest stories that never dies. He said in 2002 on Hulk Rules DVD that he was defending the WWE title on a tour of Japan in 1985 and faced uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Now, according to Hulk, Fujinami, who was pushed by the, the... the New Japan bosses tried to shoot on him and steal the WWE title, brother, forcing Hogan to fight for real to keep the belt. Well, there's no evidence of this um, at all. Zero people who have seen the match. That's nothing, nothing even remotely like that happened. Uh, he claimed that in 1983, though, his match with the in, in with Antonio Inoki, that Inoki almost died 
and was brought back by CPR, and Hogan had to flee Japan to escape the Yakuza. Yet somehow he was uh, able to come back many times over the years after that. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the Yakuza forgives, they forget, they, they, you know how they are. They're, they're, they're a very nice group of, group of men. I mean, mildly plausible because Yakuza, there has, it has basically been all but confirmed that back in the day, the Yakuza kind of was involved in Japanese pro wrestling, but True. if they want you dead, you're dead. Yeah, and they're not going to fucking stop because you went to the United States. Sorry, they're not mm-hmm. going to. Um, WWE merchandising was Hogan's idea. His whole idea, Smark. Now, <clears throat> there's a little kernel of truth to this one uh, with the AWA. Uh, Hogan was with the AWA when Vern Gagne began selling T-shirts and such and things like that. Um, and it was actually, you know, there was beefs about the profits that actually led to Hogan going to WWE. But as he tells it, Hogan had to personally sell Vince McMahon, not just on merchandising, but also on entrance music for wrestlers. Uh, world class was already doing wrestling music, uh, wrestling entrances for guys, music. And Vince was already making making the way into merchandising and probably didn't need Hogan telling him about it. And I'm sure that probably is how the conversation went. Um, but you know, Hogan, he's the only, he's the only reason that WWE merchandising even exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So number five, uh, he got a make a wish kid to a show that he wasn't even on. <laughs> Now, Hogan has done a lot of charity work. That's, And he's done Make-A-Wish. Uh, but by the way, I, I mean, Cena holds like a Guinness Book of World Records for all those things, so Jesus Christ. But anyway, anyway, uh, he does brag about it a lot. Uh, among one of his tales, though, is how he was in the UK before SummerSlam 1992, meeting a Make-A-Wish kid uh, and making sure he had a front row seat. That's That's a beautiful story, isn't it, Smart? Sure is. Yeah. Hogan wasn't in England, though. And he also wasn't at SummerSlam 92. And he actually wasn't even working for WWE at that time. Yeah. Wow. He did write Hawkster Goes to Heaven. Okay. Which is about a fucking dying kid and Hawk Hogan being sad that being a fan of Hawk Hogan wasn't enough to keep the kid alive. That is a dead-ass translation of the lyrics. Mm. So I wish Hawk's love could bring you back again. Well, now you see that he might have wrote. Mm-hmm. But he also, Smart, says that he also wrote his own movie scripts. <laughs> that explains a lot. I'll buy that. Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe we should buy that. Maybe it would give some of the fucking, you know, people that actually made those movies some outs. Mm-hmm. Um so I love how this article starts that someone would actually take credit for things like Mr. Nanny or Santa with muscles seems crazy, but Hogan is trying. <laughs> so in the auto, in his autobiography, he claimed each movie has a, had, uh, had a mess of a script. So he rewrote it all himself. Um, but because he wasn't a full writer, the screenwriters guild of America, 
refused to give Hogan any credit. Uh, no one has ever backed this up before. And they said it's unlikely the Guild would even do anything like this or it, 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 it ridiculous, but I don't know. Like, I, like even says at the end, maybe they're happy letting Flogan, uh, letting Flogan, letting Hogan claim these flops. Good old, good old, old Flogan. Flogan. Old Flogan, fucking lying Hogan, Flogan. Okay. <laughs> you, you just, well, you just made Hulk Hogan Irish, which should be one of the other lies. But ah, uh, Mister Frogan, how are you doing today? Oh, Frogan, fine, brother. Oh, good brother. Okay. I now really want to see like Seamus dressed as Hulk Hogan. He's Flogan. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Flogan! Can, Flogan. can you write us another movie, Flogan? <laughs> We're dying for it. Okay, here's a good one. He could have played for the Yankees. Now, Hogan played baseball a little bit in high school. That's that's public record. But Hogan says that he could have been in the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, he claims he was scouted by both the New York Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds until he broke his arm and ended up uh, ended his major league hopes. Um, neither team has ever claimed they've scouted Hogan or like thought of Hogan in that way at all. Um, he also was never really into organized sports, Hulk Hogan. So you know, there's just there's just a lot of fun stuff, but. Uh, now, this is one, we're, we're down to number two, folks. We only got one more after this. Like I said, we got some time to kill. It's fine. So he also claimed that The Undertaker almost broke his neck. Now, this one I've definitely heard many times. Um, this was in 1991. Hogan was sort of dying out a little bit. You know, you had a lot of guys coming, kind of coming in and trying to take over the spot. And uh, Ric Flair got involved and the undertaker ended up pinning Hogan. They're hitting uh, a tombstone onto a chair. And from that very night, Hogan complained his neck was hurting after the tombstone. As the years went on, the story kept growing to Hogan saying he was inches away from being paralyzed. Now the undertaker admits for a little while, he did believe this story until finally he rewatched the matched match and realized that Hogan's head Never even touched the chair, never grazed the chair. And the Undertaker was actually pissed about it because he, you know, he was believing Hogan's claims for so long. So even uh, like Taker actually got pissed because Hogan was a lying fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that that has something to do with your reputation. You know, that jeopardizes your reputation. Yeah. I've never heard anybody else really say anything about him being an unsafe worker. I mean, people have called him like an asshole before, but. Mm-hmm. They've never said that he was like a danger to anybody in the ring. No, not at all. Not at all. So uh, it, just another weird story that Hulk Hogan tells. But yeah, and they they did say a lot of the uh, and obviously some things that Hogan tells just gets like. Exaggerated over the years. Mm-hmm. Like Andre. Andre was, you know, he started off as 350. He was 400. He was, you know, five. He he, he, he was fucking six, eight. He was seven foot three. He was nine foot six. 
you know, yeah, you just don't know what to believe with Hulk Hogan anymore. Mm-hmm. But you never know. He might have a CBD line coming out. Who knows? Could be. Might not. <laughs> so here's number one is Hulk Hogan claiming he is the first to praise Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> now, now, we know in 2016, Kevin Owens was coming out. I believe that's when he was called up from NXT. It was, a you know, already basically, you know, ter- awesome worker, good mic skills. And uh, Hogan said that uh, after seeing Owens' first two matches in NXT, NXT, I went, there's a brother that's got heat. Everyone I talked to in WWE wasn't real high on him like I was. I said, no, I'm telling you. You give this guy a chance to get over, he'll grind. Uh, Now, this is also when Hogan was kind of on the outs with WWE when uh, Owens was debuting. I believe this is when a, a recording of his came out, Smart, if you know what I'm talking about. The uh, sequel to Hawk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Right. Right. Exactly. So, uh... <laughs> I do like... I, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe this. I'm going to choose to believe that he called Vince McMahon. He's like, this kid reminds me of a young Brian Knobs, brother. You gotta push him. Man, it looks like this Kevin Steen kid from ROH. I'm telling you, Vince. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling you, Vince. Flogan says he's great. Okay. <laughs> Hawk Flogan. Hawk Flogan. Did we na- already? Wow. Mm-hmm. Right 30- off the bat, right from the jump. 30 minutes in. Show name. Norab Nabrock. SBC, what's going on, my man? Hey, SBC, how you doing? I was wondering if everybody forgot we were on tonight. Jesus Christ. It's all right, folks. I get it. A lot of kids are getting out of school today, actually. Yeah, ten forty or ten oh four p.m. I would hope. No, no, no. My kid's last day was today for the summer. Yeah, no, it's it's May. They usually get out late May here too. Yeah. Yeah, so they're out for the summer now. So you know, everybody's got shit to do tonight. Spending some time with the kiddos. I don't have anyone here, so I got no one to spend time with me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. I needed that after the Hulk Hogan story. So that was uh, a little bit of fun I thought we would get into tonight. Uh, talking a few Hulk Hogan lies. And uh, that was fun. I'm glad we did that. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. That was a good time. We should do that more often. Oh, uh, there's plenty. Of, I mean, there's so many lies we could go through. But, Not necessarily uh, Hawk Hogan related, but uh, SBC says Big Time by Peter Gabriel was a good WrestleMania theme. Yes, it was. I like Peter Gabriel. I like Genesis. I like Peter Gabriel. Actually, like everyone who kind of came out of Genesis and had a solo career, I kind of kind of liked. You know, Phil Collins. You know, uh, Joey Janela is going after JD from the, is is is. Joey Janela now doing a Florida man gimmick. Is that what he's doing now? I feel, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Like based on the amount of listeners, I assume that he has and viewers. I assume he has, that might be a step down for JT at this point. Well, maybe I'm just, yeah, I know. Like Joey Janela is like basically on the fucking mid card of GCW now. 
Like he's not even like fighting for the championship in TCW. Like that that he is the escalator is going down. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, dude, when he had that little bullshit fucking little standoff with Enzo, that like ruined his fucking career somehow, man. Yeah, because I mean, like, it seemed like he kind of was on the uh, losing end of that. Whereas, like, you got punked out by Enzo, and it's like, that that's rough for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too, man. I mean, it, it, it was kind of rough for him, but I don't know. It just looks stupid. So, you know, he's sitting there mm-hmm. in his fucking skinny jeans out there, and it just didn't look good. It was just stupid. I'm trying to see what the SBC sent here. I was being, uh, Paige said... On the Mark, is that Mark Hoke or Hokey show? Well, I mean, one's a name and the other's an opinion. Okay. Uh, I was being held back so much when I was in the WWE because they just didn't give me the freedom to do what I wanted to do. You kind (laughs) of looked like you were doing what you wanted to do there, Paige. (laughs) The videos I saw, you were doing exactly... I'm not going to go there. I'm not. I'm not. What else did you want to do? You know what? Let me just say this. She didn't really look like she wanted to do some of the stuff she was doing. So anyway. Look, Sin Connor was over. Yeah, and he had a t-shirt. So I wanted to replicate his t-shirt with the title belt. They didn't like it. They didn't like the jizz being on the title belt the way it was on the Sin Connor t-shirt. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he is doing a Florida man gimmick, Joey Janela. Um, Makes sense. That's what he's doing. That's how far he's fallen. But yeah, I guess I'm trying to see. I'm not good at Twitter. Uh, I feel like that ironically, like that works together that he sent the the thing that Soraya said, because he, I remember him just like going on these long bitch fits that people were making jokes after those leaks came out. Where it's like, we didn't fucking leak the thing. It's not (laughs) our fault. Don't be mad at us, Joey. Okay, yeah. Oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, Joey said ugly motherfucker to a picture of JD from New York, and it just kind of all spiraled from there. I don't know. I'm no. No, I'm not going through all this. This is no. I'll read the tweet out loud though. Go ahead. This is uh May twenty fifth, one seventeen PM. So that was today. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow at Las Vegas Fight Shop. Come meet Florida man, two to four, no mask, and if you still shop at Target, leave your satanic vibes at home. First ever appearance, $20 crisp American, 20 crisp American dollars. Yeah. So, this is a, like a pretty unoriginal gimmick. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joey, Joey, Joey. Oh... How fall you have fallen. Let's just close this. I don't even care. Um, I just can't. I just can't, Smart. I just, I just can't. Ah, uh, shit. Let's talk about Nick Khan for a minute. Just, <laughs> just for a minute. Somebody wrote under the tweet of him calling him an ugly motherfucker, repeatedly harassing a podcast wrestling podcaster online to gain a bit of clout and praise from his haters is sad as hell. Is your career that unfilling right now? <laughs> Unfulfilling. Reading is hard. Oh, he's still posting it. Jesus Christ. Hold on. Let me see what you got here. 
Sorry for... Qu- I mean, nah, don't apologize. Send all the weird tweets you'd like. I have no uh, objections. Let's see where this goes. This... Oh, okay. Uh, this... Do, are they really... This has to be a fucking setup. This dude, Maybe? This Possibly? dude thinks he looks better than me. LOL. A ratio isn't real life. This has to be fucking bullshit. I don't know anymore because people do this shit online all the time and it's always about dumb shit like this anyway. Yeah, yeah you, see, oh, you got people going, oh, who is that guy? And he's like, just some clown I'm sick of and now I'm going to hunt him down and make a fool out of him. Dude, are they working something? Are they working something here? Um, Potentially. That'd be an, that'd be an interesting show. I might watch that show. If it was just like wrestlers versus podcast. No, I'm going to skip that one. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to talk. I'd, I'd, I'm gonna... I'd watch Shaheen versus David Richards. That'd be fun. My money's on Shaheen. A resume match? <laughs> yes, a resume on the pole. Resume on a pole match. Mm, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, I, w- weapons, right? Sponsored by glassdoor.com. There you go. Well, weapons are involved, right? I would hope so. Yeah. 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 I'm going with Shaheen in that one with weapons. Likewise. Especially with weapons. Especially with weapons. Um, all right. Let's talk about Nick Khan real quick. Nick Khan says WWE is open to a third hour of SmackDown, Smark. Interesting. Is that not interesting? So Nick Khan, yeah, representative of the company at the J.P. Morgan Global Technology Media and Communications Conference. Good fucking God. Could they have had a longer fucking name? Let's see. This is the... <laughs> JP more the JPMGTMCC. Of course. Don't forget to hashtag it. Right. Jesus Christ. Anyway, it was in Boston, Massachusetts. Um conversation rolled on, and he said WWE is open to that third hour of SmackDown. I uh, began to speak about WWE doing more shows internationally. And he said they're in covering current conversations with international cities about more dates in 2024. He also said when it comes to raw, that there's internal conversations about that third hour and how to make it more engaging. Um, and he has said once again, possibly adult theme, but um, you know, the third hour is SmackDown. Smart. Let's just, let's just, kick with that for just a second here now luckily we don't torment ourselves with watching forcing ourselves to watch wwe every week if we don't have to but just imagine three hours of raw three hours of smackdown two hour away one hour of nxt on a pay-per-view week you're gonna have four hours that's a job Mm-hmm. That's a job, and I'm um, my God! Imagine during WrestleMania, during the oh fuck this, you're killing people. It, it, quantity does not equal quality. No, but I mean that is 
where we are now with pretty much everything. It's sort of the Netflix model of doing business, just inundate people with as much content as humanly possible. Don't worry about if it's good or not, as long as it's just enough. Yeah, but I can choose what I want to watch on Netflix and how long I want to watch it. This is very true. If I only want to watch, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, you, you can do the same thing with raw. You can shut it off if you want, you can turn it on if you want. I'm not saying you can't, but I mean, Netflix, you sift through and look for, okay, I want to watch this movie. You don't watch raw and go, okay, I want to, well, some people do again, you don't watch a, a, a three hours of raw though and go, okay, I want to watch this match and this match and this match and pick what matches you want to watch. At least you have some freedom on Netflix to pick. I want to watch this movie. I want to watch that movie. Right. I just think that would be an absolute nightmare for people. I think it would be a fucking a, a bad move for them. I mean, it would be a good move for them money wise because they make a bazillion dollars during that third hour of raw. Cause it's where they shove all the fucking ads. But I don't know, man. I, I just, I think it's crazy. They keep talking about this. I mean, making that third hour of, of raw would be a little more adult theme would be a very good idea, but I don't even think I see that happening at this point. I really don't. I don't think it's happening. So, uh, who gives a fuck at this point? But, um, yeah, I think more than anything, it's just a way to, you know, make themselves sound more important when they're doing the TV rights deals. It's like, well, we have this much content we can provide you with and so on and so forth, that kind of shit. All right. I'll go with that. That definitely makes sense. It would make them seem more attractive because they do have TV deals coming up. And, you know, this thing haven't from Endeavor hasn't, uh, hasn't exactly been signed, sealed, and delivered yet. All mm-hmm. right. All right. I can see that, but I still think it's just horrible for the the viewer if you if you will <laughs> so i don't think it's good for the viewer if you know what i mean so um all right smart you've got a couple to get uh to talk about here get the ball rolling here there you go yeah. roll some balls all right well we're talking about content we're talking about wwe somebody who used to work for wwe old Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. The New Japan Wrestling has released a statement on Mercedes Monet. Dun, dun, dun. The former IWGP women's champion was injured at the New Japan... Resi- yeah, easy for me to say. It's, it's weird that they named one of their shows just a bunch of stuttering arts. Yeah. At the New Japan rah, 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 Resurgence show on Sunday, during her match against Willow Nightingale in the finals of the Strong Women's Title Tournament. Monet fell from the top turnbuckle to the floor and was unable to put weight on her foot. New Japan Pro Wrestling released the following statement on Thursday. During her match with Willow Nightingale in the main event of Resurgence, May 21st, Mercedes Monet sustained an injury to her right ankle. Hey, I just told you that. Mm-hmm. Monet underwent a thorough appraisal of her injury immediately after her match and began treatment. Uh, let's see. There's currently no timetable for her return. Monet has had been scheduled to win the match and the title on Sunday. However, after the injury, an audible was called. Nightingale hit Monet with a sit-out powerbomb, but the referee held his count up at two, seemingly not knowing it was the, now the finish. A second sit-out powerbomb was delivered 
And this time, the referee completed the three count. Monet's castmates from The Mandalorian, Emily Swallow, I did not know that was somebody's name, and Katie Sackoff were both in attendance for the show. And then they went on to mention that they showed some footage on Dynamite, which we'll get into later. But yeah, that's going to suck for her. She she fucking gets injured. They hurry up and like make an audible, and the referee is not like keen to it, so they have to do the move again. She can't fucking put weight on her foot. Mm. That has to suck. Not only not putting weight on your foot, but then getting slammed twice, having your body bounce, your foot, your broken ankle. She broke her ankle. And it, I've seen the video. It looks like there might have been a like a table or something under the ring that she stepped on. Um, it was it, it didn't look good, but her foot like the top half of her foot went under the ring. Mm-hmm. And she just lost everything all she couldn't put any pressure on it anymore so um but yeah it did cause uh we did see that on aew uh last night i I gotta get out of saying tonight but last night that uh, willow nightingale did win that title and we'll uh we will show a picture of that i guess when we're talking about i guess fuck it we can go ahead and do it now god damn why we're fucking waiting um yeah she did go ahead and win that title as she is right there and she said she hopes she's not too strong. Mm. Audible sigh. SBC saying that Dakota Kai has a torn ACL and Liv Morgan's injury is said to be worse. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. women are getting injured these days. Women are getting injured, but uh, I guess this is good for uh, good for Willow, though. So, you know, she's now uh, now the champion. Champion. I- I, I really wonder, like, if they knew that was going to happen, if, if that's who they would have sent to the finals. Because that seems like a real, well, it doesn't matter because Mercedes is winning it. And then you see that happen, and you're like, oh, god damn it, we fucked it up. Yeah. Gotta... It's like, hey, the person that lost a Dynamite, like, four weeks in a row is our champion now. Son of a bitch. God damn it. We would have perm- We would have definitely done a little better with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had we only known ah there was no way they could have known i guess um all right so here's what we'll do um all right let's go over this tony khan thing smart tony khan addressed the media today folks the media he addressed to promote double or nothing and he addressed some questions about a few things about you know aw collision and it was an hour-long discussion. He did not get asked about CM Punk or bring up his name, not once. But I did take a few things of what was mentioned. Um, I didn't get the whole list. It just wasn't worth it. Some of it was kind of redundant. Some of it was actually pretty fucking stupid to even bring up. But anyway, uh, when asked about a potential brand split, uh, he wouldn't give a firm answer on what will happen when Collision debuts. He said he wants fans to wonder what is going to happen with the roster, and he's excited to eventually follow up on that question. And we know how Tony's follow-up is on things. We'll see what happens. We're going to get a major announcement anytime. Well, he may have to follow up on the Mm follow-up. It's probably exactly how it'll go. There he is right there. That was him today at the little meeting. Love those colors, though, behind him. That I, I I like that blue. I don't know why I like that powder blue, but I always have. 
So when asked about the television deal for Collision, he said the length of the deal was uh, for the new show is just the same as they have for Dynamite and Rampage. Didn't disclose any financials, which I don't think anyone expected him to, but he did say uh, Warner Brothers Discovery reached out to them with the idea of adding the show, not the other way around. So that doesn't surprise me, not the way that Warner Brothers has been putting over uh, the way that they've been performing for him. So he was asked about um, more collision on Saturdays. Khan said that the night Saturday nights are best event nights for live shows and selling tickets. He said they have to do something special and make it destination viewing and believes they have plans in place to do so. We will tell you about collision just a little while here. Asked about possibly going up against uh, the NFL Saturday games, Mark, with pay-per-views on Sundays also. Uh, he said he generally doesn't want to do it, and it would be very tough competition. However, he sounded as though he understands it will happen and mentioned that AEW is on the radar of the NFL executives who have noticed the ratings they bring in. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought someone who talks about sports a lot might chuckle at that. I don't even watch sports, and I'm chuckling at that. That. I mean, let's just go ahead and say that the ratings for the NFL are just a smidge better than the ratings for Dynamite or Raw or any wrestling in the world at the moment. See, now that depends on your definition of a smidge, Mark. Yes, this is true. Although it is a little bit curious what's going to happen because they're fucking throwing games everywhere this year. There's going to be games on YouTube. There's going to be games on Peacock. One of the playoff games is going to be exclusively streamed through Peacock. So, I mean, they've got fucking, they're going to be all over, like, all different platforms. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Well, I mean, WWE's all over, and it doesn't seem to mess with their ratings any. They seem to keep getting the same ratings pretty much week after week, so. It's true. So, anyway. Oh, God, listen to you sounding like me over there. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I actually got like eight hours of sleep today, so I don't know why I'm drowsy. Ah, it's dark outside. That's true. So, now we will be also be talking about the little appearance by Sabu last night. The, the, mm-hmm. uh, the special enforcer for the match that uh, we'll get into. Uh, he was asked about Sabu. He said he won't be a regular on AEW, but he could make future guest appearances after Double or Nothing. He said that uh, him and his father saw Sabu in the ECW arena when Tony was just 13 years old and that his uh, father texted him after seeing Sabu on Dynamite Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I wonder what his father was texting him. Do you know how long ago we saw this old motherfucker? (laughs) Really hope fans don't Google anything about this guy. Are you crazy? He didn't say what his dad texted. We just said his dad texted him. Stop wasting my money. <laughs> I've been saying for years you're an idiot. Okay, okay. Six okay. <laughs> word embarrassment. Although I will say though, just kind of mental image. Think about how awkward Tony Khan must have been as a teenager. Because mm. like we're seeing adult Tony Khan. Yeah. I've... I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not exactly the most not awkward person. So even so, I mean, 
Tony Khan is a special case. I know. I just don't like. I feel like that's bad karma or something. Fair enough. I mean, I also suck at talking in public. But... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm awkward even on this fucking show. I know I am. I move. I twitch. I go. I, I turn. I don't look at the camera a lot. But um, so, I mean, I, 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 I kind of feel like it's bad karma to talk about someone being awkward when I'm fucking like this awkward ADHD dude. So Fair enough. Just doesn't seem right to me. But he is awkward. So, anyway, he was asking about uh, some announcements, some future announcements regarding, because, um, you know, we need more announcements by Tony Khan. Regarding Collision, uh, Khan said he is definitely being intentionally secret about where all this is going. And now this was about as close as anyone got to actually mentioning the name CM Punk. This was it, right about here. This was about the closest you got. Um, Khan did say that with the addition of Collision, he wants more people helping out with creatives, Mark. He mentioned QT Marshall, Pat Buck, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Madison Rain, Sarah Stock, BJ Whitmer, and Will Washington as those who contribute from a creative perspective. Also said that he's been leaning on Brian Danielson a little more lately. Now, Smark, I know you thought this was an inter interesting one, as did I. Um, I didn't know a couple of those were back in creative, but, I mean, he's got a pretty a pretty goddamn good group of people right there. QT Marshall, I'm, I mean, he, it, whatever. I don't know how, how his wrestling mind is, but I just know he sucks. Um, but I don't know how he is backstage anyway. Um, but I mean, Pat Buck, Pat Buck is Pat Buck, but Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Madison Rain. I like Madison Rain. Sarah Stock, who was formerly with W with NXT, <laughs> BJ Whitmer, Will Washington. But, I like Madison Rain. I don't care what anyone else says. You leave Madison Rain alone. I like Madison Rain. I, I don't know how good of a wrestling mind she has. I don't know how much creative input she's had on her character or anything like that. I just know I like her. I've always liked her character. I think she's good, so whatever. I'd let her eat from my palm. I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. That was more of a horse joke. But anyways, let's keep her moving. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why is she horsing around? Um, well, you found this interesting, too, so uh, you could go he ahead. This is more than anything. Just, I'm glad that he's delegating some of these responsibilities. It's not just him trying to do everything by himself. He's actually taking creative input from other people and letting other people you know, have some of the responsibility. Like I said, Danielson's a good call because like, I remember him being in charge, not really in charge, but being a creative force when he was on SmackDown towards the end of his run there. And it seemed like the stuff that they were attributing to him was pretty good. I mean, SmackDown at the time when we were watching it was pretty solid for the most part. Yeah, it was. It was getting, it, it was, and there were some really good times going on there. So, but yeah, it's, um, you're right. It is good that he's definitely, you know, at least delegating, but I mean, I would rather hear that he has all these people telling him, you know, just brainstorming about things rather than here. He has 36 fucking failed soap opera writers back there trying to write for a guy that they've never met before or a woman they've never met before, you know? Right. 
So to me, it just, I'm happy about that at least. The there AE, you have it. There you go. I was just reading what uh, SBC wrote. The AEW composer got accused of ripping the original Sabu theme by the original composer. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, that's they're sticking true to form to paying homage to WCW with things. There you go. Ripping off theme songs is, is part of the business. Part of the business. So anyway, speaking of part of the business, uh, Conway kept getting more questions about Collision, which you can't blame him for. Big announcements. So uh, he was asked if Collision means AEW will be running more pay-per-views and responded that it's something they could consider, but it definitely makes sense regarding uh, since their deal with uh, Warner Brothers. And he said he doesn't consider ROH to be a feeder system specifically mentioning the promotion's champions as top stars. Fan can expect a bigger episode of ROH this week as well. So I'm not sure when ROH ends, but, uh, or comes on, sorry, but uh, expect a huge episode. Huge. Apparently there's like 19 matches on the card. I don't know if that's like for multiple shows or just that one show. That sounds awful. Yeah, kind of. That sounds grueling. Yeah, like imagine you have to sit through a Matt Taven match and then there's like 17 more matches. Oh, good Lord. I don't, don't stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Oh, geez. All right. So, um, you know what? Here, I'll go ahead and uh, do this little stupid little story and then you can go ahead and wrap up with your little last one here. Um, but folks, I just want everyone to know Goldberg is okay after having an accident on his farm in Texas with, on his tractor. There's Goldberg, uh, looks like a, um, he hit his head on his tractor and obviously opened himself up pretty good there. So (laughs) But like you remember back in the day when like on sitcoms where characters would get injured, that and then they would like have fucking amnesia. Like there was an episode of fucking Family Matters or Full House, Full House, like horny one, uh, where Michelle falls off a horse and she has amnesia and that kind of shit. That seems like that is like the perfect country music song or like a like kind of fucking Larry the Cable Guy movie. He just he bumps his head off a tractor and he has amnesia. Now, I guess with Goldberg, you got to fucking Goldberg has to remind himself of who he is somehow. Well, maybe now he'll figure out where the hell that promo of his came from on Drew McIntyre. <laughs> oh, that was fucking <laughs> phenomenal. You came out here and you said, and he's just like, I didn't say any of that shit. Yeah, yeah, you did. No, that wasn't me. No, <laughs> no. Nope, I went off script. You should have been paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, you should have. He should have. <laughs> but uh it's okay, folks. Goldberg is just fine. Don't uh don't worry about him. But uh that is a pretty good gash. Tractors are tractors. not the first time you said that. Oh Jesus. Uh tractors are uh pretty dangerous dangerous equipment, folks. But um Goldberg's okay. Goldberg's all right. So have no fear. Don't worry about him. He'll be just fine. Um I'm sure he can put some 
duct tape on it. So there, there you go. All right. That's uh that's on you now. A true southern cure all duct tape. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about Tony Khan, his press conference, collision, something that should impact collision. The issues between CM Punk and AEW are believed to have been settled. And the Collision debut show at Chicago's United Center will be announced on tonight's AEW Dynamite. That is from the past. We are in the future now. They should have updated this. Both Fightful and PW Torch first reported various parts of the story earlier Wednesday. And then we ripped them off. It's unknown how Punk's return will be announced, either directly or in a manner similar to what happened with his promotional debut at August 2021 Rampage the United Center, he was never directly announced as appearing, but AEW leaned into the rumors that he was. Punk has been tied to the Collision show, as AEW has been considering split rosters with wrestlers like, but not necessarily, Miro, Andrade, Alidolo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and others also working weekly on Saturdays on TNT. Tony Khan said some shit. Tony Khan said last week he would announce the location. (laughs) I couldn't scroll fast enough. That he would announce the location of the Saturday, June 17th debut show on Dynamite. Our Dave Meltzer reported that Jacksonville's Daily's place had been considered as a backup plan in case Punk and AEW couldn't come to terms. The ride with both Punk and AEW got to this place has been bumpy with the latest term being that issues arose last Wednesday regarding the rehiring of longtime Punk Fred A. Steel Steel and Punk were part of the now infamous brawl following Punk's all-out Post even, they said post even. Nobody proofreads this shit. Post event press conference in September 2022 that also included the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It is unknown if the issues on Steel have been resolved, but the problems were enough to have Punk's name removed from an early version of a collision press conference last Wednesday. We talked about that mm-hmm. during the WBD upfront. S Sports Illustrated's Jimmy Trana pointed out that Punk's name was listed on the original headline of the release uh, with Warner Brothers Discovery later releasing a statement that Punk wasn't affiliated with the show. So there you go, Punk, who has been healing from a torn triceps injury, <clears throat> suffered at All Out, has not been mentioned on AEW TV since the pay-per-view. The Bucks and Omega were suspended while Steel was fired. No one has spoken publicly about the incident due to what is assumed to be threatened legal action. Or to work. It's also been reported that issues between all sides have yet to be resolved. Yeah, and the one paragraph up there is that uh, Fightful did report yesterday that Punk was asked to sign some illegal papers restricting him from speaking about uh, certain topics and requiring him to to return to action. Uh, According to Fightful Select, it was saying those were like don't mention this. You can't say that we can't talk about this. So figure it was a lot of stuff, about not mentioning, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, all out. Um, maybe not talking about the bucks, maybe not talking shit about the company on fucking radio shows, uh, anymore. Maybe not shit talking your boss in front of the fucking media anymore and everyone else you work with. Maybe that was part of some of it. 
Can you please stop insulting the entire roster during a post-show press conference? Yeah, could you stop being you for five fucking minutes so we can fucking maybe get more than a fucking week's run out of you with a title and make our money back that we pay you, you fucking scumbag? Maybe you could do that for us. Help us out a little bit, please. I do wonder when all this is said and done what it's going to end up looking like. It's going to end up having been worth it or not. You know, that's a fun one because you know on paper, if... If Punk can stay healthy and shut his fucking mouth for a while um, and, and, and not try to make everything a pipe bomb, then, yeah, I think on paper it can look very good. Um, you know, especially in the long run for this company. Like I said, if Punk can fucking, you know, I'm, let's just say if Punk can keep his nose clean for a while, I know that's a wrong way to say it because, you know, it sounds like a drug thing, but if Punk can just shut his mouth, calm down, not say anything wrong. Get a nice maybe run with a, with a title. They can maybe make a little money back on this guy that they've probably... I mean, think about it. They've probably lost a ton of money on this guy so far. Wouldn't you think? Potentially. I mean, they made a lot up front, but then, like oh. you said, he went and injured himself fucking crowd diving, stage surfing, whatever. Yeah, and then he gets into a fight and has to fucking relinquish the title. Then he hurts himself again. Yeah. Then Ace Steel bites a guy. Which is a fucking wild move. Goddamn. Like, how... I'm sorry, go ahead. I just, I, I can't fathom, and we talked about this before, but I can't fathom, like, your instincts in, this, in a fight just being, I should bite this motherfucker. I'd have to be pretty on the ground like it's my only way out of being choked or something to bite someone mm -hmm. i mean that's a that's when i'm sinking my teeth in if i have to when i'm fucking dying but anyway anywho all right so uh yeah i i just think this punk thing is um i don't know i think they're no matter what punk signs i still think they're taking a risk bringing him back um, I think we should start a countdown clock and take over-unders. When will Punk implode? Six months. Six months? Mm. You, you think he can make it six months? Yeah, six months would basically put us at the end of the year, huh? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, you think? I, I don't feel comfortable agreeing to anything more than four. Oh, four months. You're taking the prices. Taking the under. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to price this right. Yeah. You're, you're taking the to, under. I'm going to go do my best to try not to go over in this one. Yeah. I think he can make it six months before finally he just gets tired of being himself or not himself. And uh, next thing you know, he'll be shit talking someone. Mm hmm. <laughs> so, all right. So, all right. Cause, I mean, if you think about it, mm -hmm. if they're positioning Collision to be like his show, which I mean, there's no, it hasn't been confirmed that that's what it is, but there's rumors. That's what people believe. So let's play along with it. If that's his show, if that's the one he appears on exclusively, uh -huh. then there's going to be, he's going to have the urge to be like, my show's the best show. And that's going to lead to him saying some shit in promos or in like an interview 
where he ends up bashing somebody and that's going to lead to animosity and it's going to lead to a situation. It's just a matter of who is it that ends up engaging in the mudslinging with him. Yeah. I can see that happening. But again, I mean, if it's in a promo, maybe it's not going to be so bad. I don't know. I, I really don't know, man. I think no matter what, you're taking a risk with this guy. He always ends up saying something, doing something. Not usually doing something. It's usually his mouth that gets him in trouble. And um, I think it will happen again. I think it will happen soother, soon, soother, sooner rather than later. Jesus Christ. Fucking I, I floganed. Mm-hmm. We're all we're floganing all over the place tonight. My God, shredded floganing, fucking Hulk flogan. Um, all right. Well, then I, I I guess we can go ahead and get into this uh, AEW. This was the go home show for Double or Nothing, Smart. SBC saying they should have had a three on two MMA match. Losers leave, winners stay. That seems like SPC's way of saying that he doesn't want Punk in the company anymore. Mm. I don't. I don't trust. Like it's three against two. First off, mm. even if it was three against two in Punk's favor, I, I've seen him. I've seen his MMA acumen. It's not that great. I just want. I just. I want to see that fucking ear explode again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into this, Mark. Um. Yes. All right, so we get Dynamite this week, and it kicked off the way it has for over a month now, except for last week. Orange Cassidy. We did get Orange Cassidy out there kicking off the match with Kyle Fletcher for the AEW International title. Um, Orange Cassidy did, of course, get the win in this match, but I'll tell you, man, this this was a, a hell of a kickoff match. This could have fucking main evented. Yeah, it was a really good match. It was probably my favorite of the night. It really was good. I just don't know why it had to be first, but I don't know, man. It was uh it was a pretty crazy match. We were a lot of fucking crazy moves. Orange Cassidy is kicking out of moves that are just ridiculous, would knock any man out. But my big problem was like four times in this match. Kyle Fletcher was hitting Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy was slapping his own leg. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was blatant. It wasn't even. He wasn't even trying to hide it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match, but then there was also there was like a moment or two there where like you could tell that they haven't wrestled a lot together. Yeah, it wasn't very together, but. Um, Cassie did retain after getting his ass kicked for a while. And we also were told on the show, I'll just go ahead and mention this. Now, both Aussie Open, both both of Aussie Open have been signed. They are all elite. Um, Kyle Fletcher and uh, Mark Davis, I believe, is the other one who is injured at this moment, correct? Yeah, they were talking about that on commentary. They won both of the New Japan tag team titles because there's a juniors title and then there's like a heavyweight tag title. Right. They had won both of those and then he got injured. So they had to vacate him and now they're in AEW. Good for them. Yep. Good for them. A lot of people have been saying they're a really good fucking tag team. So I'm happy to see more out of them when they're back, but it looks like Kyle Fletcher 
will be getting a little bit of a push, which, hey, who gives a shit? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, so then we get uh, Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, and um, what's his name? Juice Robinson backstage, and Ricky Starks is cutting a promo about being attacked backstage. So <laughs> what do Jay White and fucking Juice Robinson do? They attack him backstage. It's just a great segment. Because, like, yeah, the whole point of the promo is, like, he starts, like, yeah, I know how this goes down. I've been getting beat up the last two or three weeks. And let me tell you something, that he just gets beaten up again. Yeah. I'm like, the guy's bitching about getting jumped backstage, and he gets fucking jumped backstage. That's pretty fucking awesome. It was actually pretty awesome. This picture, though, I, I, I really, I, I like this picture. It looks like they're about to pick each other's nose. Although, oh, my God, like, I will say this. You were talking about the like the leg slapping in the in the match, the, mm. the Orange Cassidy match. I, bl- I believe it was Juice Robinson that was throwing the punches. Those were some of the like he should have won the Shane McMahon award. Oh, those like those punches look fucking terrible. I, I, I was sitting there thinking about that. I was like, they might need to just start like you should have just started with the chair. You should have just had somebody <laughs> hit him with the chair because that's they threw some real shitty looking punches and then the chair got involved and the chair looked infinitely better. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it wasn't a very, it was kind of a stupid segment anyway. I mean, like I said, the guy, he's sitting there bitching about getting jumped and he gets jumped. Well, but... I get jumped again. Boom. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, not much better of a segment after this. Jungle Boy. Um. Now, listen, folks, I know he doesn't like doing promos. It's not. He admits it's not his best thing to do, but they could have made this a little more interesting. It was like a minute of just fucking monotone drivel. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it, dude. Now, again, I watched this tonight. I got this right on my fucking... This was monotone drivel, dude. I I didn't even give a shit what he was saying because his voice was just like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make sure. You hear that, everybody? That's what I'm going to do. Like, man, nobody believes that shit. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I didn't hate it as much as you did, but I I think I get what you're saying. I'm not saying I hated it. it. It was... Not good. Because, like, his whole thing was he's like, I've been down these roads a whole bunch of times. And every time I make this trip, everything changed a little bit as a person. And let me tell you, by the end, if I'm going to be driving, see, I'm having a hard time remembering what the fuck he was saying. And I watched it Monday. Exactly. What fucking, what road has he been down? Apparently, it's a it's a very literal road. Like I thought he meant metaphorically, but he he literally means like driving to and from fucking Vegas because they do the shows there quite a bit. And he was because he was saying that the year before he was saying last year he was in the car with Christian and they were talking and being friends and he had no idea how a couple weeks later everything would change. So he literally means on the road from like the venue. Yeah, what a tough road going to Vegas. Shut up. Privileged little fuck. Your father was famous. Leave us alone. There you go. I'll calm down now. <laughs> I'll 
try to calm down. Uh, so FTR comes down to the ring, right? Yes. This there, is my favorite segment. There you go. There's shit talking. I did like the Dixie Carter reference where they told Jeff they had to ask the queen of the mountain and he didn't mean his bitch of a wife. He meant Dixie Carter. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. That was a good little zinger. I liked that one. Uh, but that got Mark Briscoe out there. Mark Briscoe's kind of going back and forth and Dax reaches out his hand saying, he, oh, I didn't mean to pile drive you last week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't make my fucking comment or accent there, Dax. Mm-hmm. But um, Briscoe slaps his hand away, ends up slapping him. Briscoe. Which is was, why this was my favorite segment. This was Briscoe just fucking bitch slapped everybody walking down to the fucking ring to see what was going on. Everybody going down to the ring. He just slapped them. He slapped everybody except Jay Lethal. He said, Jay, you're my boy. I love you, but I'm getting sick of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I like this segment too, man. I thought the Briscoe just. I was a- Great segment, and it was just just based on the strength of Briscoe slapping Dax alone. Because like he like you said, he puts his hand out, he slaps his hand out, and then Dax says, "Look, I you know we're, I love you and all this shit, but I can't have you out here disrespecting me on television." To shake my hand, and then he just hauls off and bitch slaps him, and then Dax doesn't do anything, and then Mark Briscoe walks, he slides out of the ring, walks up the ramp, and slaps everybody else. That's involved with this match and segment. And this was fucking wonderful. He just he 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 just laid the fucking the pimp hand down on everybody. Mm-hmm. It was strong. The pimp hand was strong. It was so fucking strong. Which is a kind of weird because like this is a go home show. This is for the tag titles, whatever. The person that was the most over the segment it benefited the most. The segment was the special guest referee. Which is an interesting choice, but whatever. Well, he showed he's going to play no favorites, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. That he did. So, that he did. But that was a great segment. Uh, we got the House of Black out there after that. Um, different lighting this this week than last week. It was a little, a little odd. They kind of put, like, streaks going through the crowd. <laughs> people probably kept tripping and getting hurt and so maybe. they needed to make it a little bit brighter maybe that might have been it but um we had that um actually you know what before that i forgot to mention we had um sammy backstage with renee and he said that he's not lying down for mjf and he's not for sale um then the house of black came out and beat grand uh, grand metalik blake christian and ar fox um I don't think anybody expected them to win, so what the hell? Yeah, not quite. Nah, but we did get the Blackpool Combat Club out there, Smart. They were promoting uh, Anarchy in the Arena, mm-hmm. as you would say. We love her. Good old Anarchy. Good old Anarchy. They were yeah, they were promoting the, their match coming up this weekend. Good stuff. Good stuff here, which wasn't surprising. I want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. Because it was primarily a John Moxley promo, and it seemed like a subdued John Moxley promo, and he didn't bleed. I wanted to know how you felt about it because you. It seemed like for you, for a while there, he had a tendency of just like running on autopilot, basically in your words, that it was just like he cut the same promo week in and week out. So it seemed like a different promo from him because he wasn't really 
he was kind of focused. He wasn't moving around. He wasn't screaming too much. He was just sort of kind of right down the middle. I actually like this, this one from him. I like the end of the night promo better Mm. where he did start screaming. Uh, but he wasn't just saying the same bullshit. I've, I've been, I, I'm gonna, I, I've eaten thumbtacks and spit bullets and shit like that. He wasn't saying stuff like that. No one cares about that shit anymore. He was just saying, well, he, yeah, we're gonna go out there. We're gonna beat the fucking shit out of you. And I got a problem with that. He was quiet. He was calm. He was cool. He was collected, which isn't always the worst. Moxley, I like that. Moxley can do both kind of promos, but. I thought the promo he did in the last few uh, last seconds of the show was best promo of the night. Even better than what MJF did out there, I thought. Hmm. So that's what I say. And, and apparently there's more K100 drama. That's why I'm just talking about AEW. Um, <laughs> so. We get MJF out there for a promo. And MJF saying he's kind of sick of AEW for the lack of competition, the lack of competency, and the lack of respect from the uh, AEW fans that don't show him the respect that he deserves. He says none of the pillars are on the level of the devil. Well, this brings out Darby in some platform shoes. Mm-hmm. Who... Again, monotone drivel, in my opinion. I think he's gotten better. I, no. Like, he's, he's not out of breath after uh, every sentence. He's learned how to, like, pace himself better. Okay. But he's got no fire. He's got it, nothing behind it. It's Well, okay, that is true. But the thing is, is, like, this is kind of the beginning of him cutting promos. Because for the longest time there, they had him do like video vignettes and little segments where it was like it was pre-recorded ahead of time. And it was just like him like skateboarding or like driving through the desert in a car or whatever, like just shit where he didn't talk. So like they tried to do that to protect him. But now they want him in the main event role, at least for this cycle, the pay-per-view cycle. And there have you have to have him talk for that. But they hadn't had him talk really so it's like some of that. Some of that's on them. Like it's kind of you know like you getting what you you getting what you deserve on this. You're like they're, they're, they're rooster. The hens are coming to roost. You know. I think they should keep protecting them. Let them do more backstage uh, re- recorded segments. Could be. I don't know. I mean, after this, I wouldn't like have them out there cutting fucking you know three four minute promos. Is all I'm saying. I don't mind it. I don't mind it as much as you do, honestly. Be that way. I will. Uh, I have to have an opinion on certain shit, or else it just comes off like I didn't actually watch the show. And I, <laughs> since I actually do watch these shows, I at least need something to like kind of plant my feet down on. Uh, well, you can plant your feet on this one if you want. That's not a problem. But we did finally, all the pillars came down and MJF got knocked down after all this and Jungle Boy stood there. <laughs> he kicked him in the nuts. He did. But look at this. This yeah. title is bigger than Jungle Boy. That is true. He looks like <laughs> Jungle Midget. <laughs> that is funny though, because okay, you, you said earlier when you're talking about the Jungle Boy promo that like 
Yeah, fucking nobody believes you're winning the belt. Shut up. Tony Schiavone believes that Jungle Boy is winning the belt. because he, He's like, guys, I, I really do. I really believe this. I really think Jungle Boy is going to win the belt. Tony like, is paid to say that. I am not. Well, I know, but it just made me laugh that, like, maybe there's something to what you're saying. Because Tony Schiavone's like, no, guys, seriously, it, it totally could happen. Please give us money. Please buy the pay-per-view. Look, anything could fucking happen. All three of those guys could go out there and break a fucking leg, and Jungle Boy's the only one standing. Absolutely. <laughs> He's going to Willow Nightingale his way to the title. Hey, hey. It's already happened, all right? Just, you know, just last week. Anything could happen, you know? But, I mean, nobody thinks that, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to fucking predictions in a few minutes here, folks. But come on. But, I, I mean, again, this just looked ridiculous. I'm sorry. Look how big that belt is. I will say, of the other two non-champions in the match, I would buy them winning the belt more. Like, I'm not going to say who I'm picking to win the match, but, like, I like if Sammy won, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, I would be. But... I see where you're going. I mean, if they wanted to, I just don't see a reason to take the title off them, but yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. So anyway, after jungle boy finally, uh, finds a way to put the title down without hurting himself. <laughs> he has a spotter. No, someone had to take it from him. Um, <laughs> it was really heavy. He couldn't put it down without hurting himself. Um, he, he was going to fall over. Uh, Taya Valkyrie beats Lady Frost. I think this is Lady Frost's first appearance on this show. I don't know. I know she's worked for them a little bit before. Mm, that was I don't Kip, know no, that's Kip Fabian you're thinking of. That nah, could be. No, I, she's <laughs> definitely been on some like dark and like dark elevation type shit. I don't know if she's ever been on Dynamite proper. I don't know if she's been on Rampage. But she's worked for them before. I'm not entirely sure if it was their first time on Dynamite, though. I knew you would enjoy it, though. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's right down your alley. I actually do like Lady Frost. I think she's very good. Mm-hmm. I think she's very good. I like her look. I just don't understand why I keep saving how to steal it. Maybe the world may never know. No, it makes it weird now. <laughs> just makes it all weird. But anyway. Anyway, Ty Valkyrie did pull out this win. That. It was obvious when when Taya Valkyrie came to the ring and they were like running down her whole bio that she was winning this match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that it, that's almost what it felt like they were doing is running down Taya Valkyrie's whole bio during this match, and then it was like, oh well, she won. It's over. And that's when we, uh, after this match, though, folks, is when we got the announcement, as uh, Smart was talking about just a little while ago, for Collision coming up Saturday, June 17th at the United Center in Chicago. Chicago. So there you go. It will be. Um, Tickets go on sale Friday, 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Interesting. Oh. That part of Chicago is that that that's in Central, which is why they're doing that. So um, there you go, folks. I believe most, if not all, of Illinois is in Central. I think it might be. I don't really know time zones very well. I don't. I know where I lived. It was Central. Where my uncle lives is Central. Not a uh, 
time zone guy. I hate the time zone fucking shit. I think it's stupid. I hate the fact that I'm an hour behind everybody else. It sucks. But anyway. Well, I mean, fucking portions of Tennessee are like that, too. Nashville Central Time. That's only two hours away from where I am. Oh, wow. We're Eastern. Huh. Yeah, and I think um, it's like parts of Florida. When you get down to Florida, parts of that are Central. And then as you get south, it pops into Eastern Time. Mm -hmm. So... All right, so we get Hangman Page after the announcement for for Chicago. Uh, he's backstage talking to Alex Marvez on his status with the Young Bucks. Uh, it was just kind of, oh, I don't know. He's just sitting there with an eye patch on talking shit like a pirate. So anyway, after that, we get some fun stuff. We get Tony Schiavone. He's out there. He brings out uh, Adam Cole, who comes out with Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong is... Um, Literally has to sit there while the crowd is uh, screaming another dude's name while he's out there right in front of him. Literally, they're just out there yelling for Adam Cole, and he's just like, yeah, me, I'm here too. Don't forget. pretty much a day in the life of Roger Strong. Don't forget about me, guys. Ha ha, ha ha. That would be amazing if Tony Khan chilled out for that. That was Roderick Strong's theme song. Don't you forget about me. No, it's a good song. Don't fucking ruin that shit. <laughs> Don't ruin that stuff. But anyway, Jericho comes out with JAS. This is the contract signing. Now, they really tried to make it make sense that there was a contract signing for an unsanctioned match. I hadn't even considered until they brought it up on commentary. It was just like, yeah, you know, like, I'm sure some of the, like, people who pay closer attention are a little bit more neurotic or passionate or whatever you want to use to describe these people that are going to, you know, there's a handful of people that are going to be plotting, pointing out the, the plot hole, the loophole in this. I'm like, well, if it's non-sanctioned, why do you need a contract signing? It's like, yeah. I hadn't even considered that. I was just willing to go along with your bullshit. You probably shouldn't have pointed it out on commentary. Oh, no, it didn't make sense. Non-sensual, non-sensual, fucking words are hard. Nonsensical segment. There we go. No, it it definitely didn't make sense. And it was the first thing that crossed my mind. I still don't know why we're getting a fucking contract signing for this. But they definitely, at least, and for some reason, I could barely hear the announcers during a, uh, this segment. Um but they turned it back up after a few minutes here, but they did quickly explain right away. Okay. This is not sanctioned by AEW. This is a personal contract between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. And it still didn't really make any sense. Why would you need it? It's unsanctioned. Who cares if they've got a fucking contract, they could have called this a face to face and skip the contract signing. I think everybody would have been fine. They wouldn't have to do a stupid fucking explanation and everybody would have been just fine with it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So Shivoni starts talking and immediately Cole grabs the mic, grabs the, the paper and just signs it right away. And then he grabs the mic and he starts bringing up, uh, you know, when Jericho was telling Soraya to hit Britt Baker with the kendo stick while he was handcuffed to the, the, the ring and all this stuff. And Cole said, it's a good thing 
it's an unsanctioned match because this way the blood isn't on AEW's hands. It's on mine, and that's just where I like it. It's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, it's a weird kink. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, he tells Jericho, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I hope you can, you know, still walk. I'm going to break your legs. I hope you can talk. I'm going to break your jaw. I hope you can still write because I'm going to break your hand. So you better just sign it, bitch. Which brought out sign it, bitch, with a nice little chant for Jericho. Jericho said, I'm no bitch. I'm not from Las Vegas. Cheap heat, but it worked. Yes. It worked. It worked. Um, but Jericho said it didn't, that, 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 that whole thing didn't play out the way you said. And he plays the clip. Um, plays the clip of it. And Jericho, you know, he's sitting there and finally he goes, listen, I'll sign the contract, but you screwed up here. There's five of us and there's only two of you. That's it. Cole says, well, you're right. I made a phone call. And then he starts going the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal. I might have said that backwards or whatever. But he brings out Sabu. And I, now, Smart, I, 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 I got to get your reaction when you saw Sabu here. What, uh, talk to me here. I mean, it's Sabu in 2023. Like, there's a couple of things here. That's still just one person. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's still a two uh, still a two man advantage. Mm-hmm. And also like the man's got to be about fifty five or so. Like it's, it's yeah he's really good at using weapons and all this, but like fucking Seb like it it doesn't make sense because like Adam Cole is like I am you know I idolized this guy growing up. It's like did you? I don't believe that at all. Like you certainly don't wrestle like it. Yeah, fifty-eight years old, by the way. All right. Um. Yeah, I was a little shocked too. The only thing I liked that they were doing is they kept bringing up, you know, oh Taz, you've had a few scraps with this guy. You know, you've been into the ring, out of the ring. That was a pretty cool thing. They at least mentioned that. But Sabu is the special enforcer in this match, and I was just as shocked as you. I'm like, oh my god, but. I guess all he's got to do is throw a few chairs. Mm-hmm. That's all he did last night, and the crowd ate that shit up. Well, the thing is, is that they also said that he's he lives in that area. I guess right. I don't know if he's from Vegas properly. I think he's actually from like Michigan or some shit. But it was kind of funny. Like I imagine some of the more like gullible people in the audience when Adam Cole is like, "I made some calls." And I reached out to a guy that lives in Vegas and like people got all excited. There had to have been at least like a couple of people that like were excited at the idea that it might be Batista. And like imagine the disappointment of those people that were just like, oh, God, it's Batista. And then it's like sad blues music hits. And it's like, all right, well, uh, I would have liked. Listen, I like Batista. I would have liked to have seen Batista come out in AEW. That would have been pretty cool. But yeah. I, we, I think we all know Batista's waiting for that uh, Hall of Fame induction before he does anything stupid. Um, yeah, Batista, he's got he's got other commitments. He's, he's got like an actual functional career at the moment. Yeah, he's got an actual career. He's doing very well. I don't think he needs uh, uh, Tony Khan's fucking. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't mean to be a dick here, but I don't think he needs Tony Khan's fucking charity. 
No. So I don't think we'll see Batista in AEW anytime soon, to be honest with you. I would love it, but uh, no, we're not going to see it. So this is what we're going to get. Um, it's fucking Sabu. Uh, like I said, man, he threw that chair. The crowd ate up every fucking second of it. So let him do what he needs to do. So then after that, we had the Roderick Strong, Daniel Garcia match. Man, I found this match uh, <laughs> unnecessary. I just saw this. I'm going to go back real quick. What? SBC, and I'm assuming in reference to Roderick Strong, says he should have run to you by Brian Adams. That's his theme song. And then he put in parentheses, not crush, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. I like that. Uh, shit. Well, I found this uh, Daniel Garcia-Roderick Strong match unnecessarily long. <laughs> and you thought so two minutes into the match. Maybe one. <laughs> it, it, there was no reason for this to be a long fucking match. We just saw you out there. you And, and he still didn't get a fucking good entrance. My God, this guy is getting treated just as fucking bad. I'm sorry. It's just as bad. Just as bad. So... Let's just move on to the main event here. Um, I'm fine with that. So sure. Claudio and Wheeler of the Blackpool Combat Club took on the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Bros. Um, and I, this was a fucking great match, great main event. Um, but we got the Young Bucks coming back, Smart. Coming out from under the uh, ring, grabbing Claudio's leg so he can't go in and break up the count. And the Lucha Brothers uh, retain. Now, I wonder if this is a conflict of interest for the Young Bucks. Because, like you said, they came out from out from under the ring. Now, we have all learned through time that under the ring is a portal to hell. Right. That's what we've been conditioned to believe. Correct. So the Young Bucks had to travel through hell in order to get there. Well, now, these men are these these guys are devout Christians. Is that like that's kind of a conflict of interest for them, huh? Yeah, but they live in Las Vegas, so they're they're used to it. I see. Okay. I mean, as hot as it gets in Las Vegas, it is a portal to hell. Probably true. Never been there. So they were probably just uh, just fine with everything. Just uh, you know, no big deal for them. Um, I did not know. Are, are they really devout Christians? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they are. I didn't know that, and I doesn't make any difference to me. I just, I, I really never knew that. That's a little fact I never knew. But uh, after this little thing with the young bucks, we see uh, Moxley. He's chasing uh, the young bucks, and Brian's doing the same thing. And then Moxley gets up, and like I said, I think he cut the best promo of the fucking night. I think he really did. Moxley sold the pay per view better than any. Any one of the announcers, any one of those matches, anything else out there, Moxley sold that motherfucking pay-per-view to me. Mm, I would agree with that. Yep. Moxley was uh, was the Paul Heyman of promos with this pay-per-view. I will say what I found interesting, I wanted to know what you thought about it. It was like during the commentary, uh, Brian Danielson kept getting upset with Yuta for making mistakes, and he kept alluding to the fact that he trained him to cover both of the arms, the hook both of the legs, so on and so forth. Like, it's kind of one of the only times where I've, like, with the Blackpool Combat Club, they're, like, basically their whole gimmick is, like, they practice wrestling. Like, I, 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 you don't really 
people don't really talk about that. Like they do actual like wrestling training, like trying to prepare for matches like at their game. It's mm-hmm. like it's kind of cool that they're like having them do that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it was funny what the uh I heard the one of the I, I think it was Excalibur that said they they strive every day to get one percent better. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool little statement there if you think about it. At some point, he went on a tangent about how he wrestled bears a bunch. That was interesting. Uh, come on. Which was, well, it was a reference, because back when WWE used to do those YouTube shows, he, for whatever reason, they put Hornswoggle in a bear suit, and then Brian Danielson kicked him in the nuts. So oh, that's what he was alluding to when he said he wrestled a bear. Oh, I thought he was talking about wrestling giant hairy gay men okay anyway <laughs> which is what tony shabani almost asked him because he meant because he said do you mean the animal or the football <laughs> oh the football the bears i guess did you ever wrestle walter payton it's like <laughs> no 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 i think you just saved yourself but, like, uh, how many hairy gay men have you wrestled but uh ditka there huh uh he'd have no chance against Ditka. nah not a chance against ditka I really wish the camera was on because I'm wearing a shirt that says the bears right now. Are you really? I could, I can send you a picture. I swear to God. It was funny. Me and the guy that were, uh, that, that sits beside me. Yeah. He's, he's a, a new guy, a new salesman. Actually, he's, he's very, very polite and very good on the phone. He's going to do very well. But, um, me and him were talking about that whole, uh, the, the, the bears, the whole Saturday night live skit just, just yesterday. It might've been today, but yesterday, definitely. So yeah, we were just talking about all that shit. Crazy. But anyway, Smarka. What do you say we wrap up with a few predictions? Let's do it. I think we should. I think we should. I I uh, got the match card for double or nothing right here. We got nine matches. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom of the list, folks, and just go up the list. I don't care where where what matches where, but uh, all right. This is the match card. We have Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in the uns, uh, un, unsanctioned match. Sabu as the special guest enforcer. What do you got here? Uh, the, I'll go Adam Cole. I guess it's. I think it's his first pay per view match back. Yeah, I think you'd be crazy not to pick Adam Cole with the way the story's been going with what they did to Britt. Um, Sabu in there. Jairus will be thrown. Jericho will lose. There you go. I sent you a picture for proof. Oh, okay. In what, Messenger? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, Hopefully okay. that was you or else I sent some random person. I no, I just need to pull it back up. Oh, yeah, you sent it. It went through. Oh, here, I can just look on my phone. I don't need to pull up my computer. I can look on my phone. Folks, he is... Let's see. He is not lying. Duh, bears. He is telling the truth, folks. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. fucking funny. I might put that as the... Anyway. <laughs> we could put that as the show picture. Prove it. There you go. Old Hawk slogan. There you go. Hulk Logan. All right, so we have a six-man tag team match. 
this is Ethan Page and the Guns uh, versus the Hardys and Hook. Uh, now, if the Hardys win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. I'm so sick of this. I am so tired of this. I need somebody to explain to me the timeline of all this shit. No. Because I swear to God, this happens every fucking month. Like, it started with, like, Matt Hardy won the contracts of Private Party, and then, I guess, Ethan Page owns Matt Hardy's contract, and then Matt Hardy's going to own Ethan Page's contract. This, this shit, like, every month it's a new fucking contract. Like, at first, why is this a pay-per-view, man? No, I, I challenge, like, I challenge someone to just straight up, like, find me somebody that gives a shit about this feud. I mean, at what point are we going to start calling this human trafficking? I mean, Ooh. anyway, um, Hardee's. <laughs> that would be an amazing segment. If Ethan Page won the match, he won Matt Hardy's contract, and he had Matt Hardy out on the streets turning tricks. I'm sorry, but this is like selling bitches in prison. This is like what it's fucking like. <laughs> He's getting into a car with some strange man, and he just keeps going, delete, delete. It's just like selling prison bitches at this point. I'm still going with the fucking Hardys to win it. That would be phenomenal. Yes, Hardys win it. I don't care about this. Team. I don't either, but we got to say something. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So. We now have Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. This is a singles match for the AEW TBS Championship. Uh, a lot of people really want Jade to lose here, but I don't think they're ready for her to lose yet. I think, uh, I mean, I'd be, I'd be just fine with it. I'd be happy with it all, uh, even. But uh, I think they still want Jade to keep going with uh, with being undefeated. See, I, I think I don't know if people are necessarily clamoring for her to lose as much as it is just if she if Ty doesn't win, then who does? Because she's basically ran through everybody except for like the people that are competing for you know the main women's belt. But at the same time. I was kind of prepared to pick Ty to win. But at the same time, like you said, they might not be ready for her to lose. And if they're going to do collision, they might just put her on that show and like have her be sort of the like the main female star on that show. So I guess I will go with Jade winning too. See, here's what I would do if if Statlander is ready to come back, which she may be, I would dump her on Collision. That's where I would put your title. I that's where I would have Jade lose to Chris Statlander, make Chris Statlander the face of that company on the women's side. I mean, you could position that even to be at a main event. Like just, That's where you have her lose for the first time is on Elysian. Uh-huh. That's the way I would work it. Again, if Statlander is ready to come back, that's how I would work it. Uh, if she's not ready to come back, I mean, like we said in the beginning, this match is kind of a coin flip. It's really, I mean... Every match is 50-50, but it's, I mean, I wouldn't care if Taya won, uh, but I really feel that they're just, they want to keep this undefeated streak going. So, uh, anyway, I think we came up with a damn good uh, damn good plan for Collision if, uh, if that's the way it worked out. 
So we've got the match we just talked about at the end of uh, AEW. We've got the uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, versus the Elite in an anarchy in the arena, or anarchy, however you want to say it in this day and age. Um, mm. Elite? No. No, Black Blackpool. Blackpool Combat Club. No, the elite just came back. Blackpool Combat Club. No. So Mark, what do you think? Hmm. This is a tough position because I was just going to pick the opposite of whoever you picked. Fuck. I, I think of having it on. I would if I would without your without you saying anything, just to go on my own, I guess. I'd probably go with the elite. Like you said, they just got back. Blackpool Combat Club sitting there like talking like a bunch of shit about them, calling them like amateurs and that and the third. So like if they spend the entire feud being like, these guys aren't on our level, they suck. And then they beat them. It's like, see, we were right. And then that's it. Yeah, but with, I mean, as dominant as the Blackpool Combat Club has been, losing tonight actually makes me, th- th- that's why I keep going back to Blackpool Combat Club. They lost um, last night. I'm sorry. Uh, that's going to take a little while to get used to, but losing last night, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, this is a bit, no one really loses anything by being pinned in this match. Don Callis could get involved, causing the match for the elite, giving the Blackpool Combat Club the win. They're staring at him again, like, what the fuck? We had no clue this was going to happen, but hey, thanks anyway. I'm going Blackpool Combat Club. That could go either way with the Don Callis thing, but I think he's going to be involved, and I think he's going to be responsible for what ends up being the final, you know, the end of the match. But I don't know if he's going to end up winning it for them or costing them the match. I know, man. But I'm going to go ahead. Like, not intentionally costing the match, but that he tries to intervene, he hits the wrong person, they take him out. All right, I can see that. I'm loving this. We've got a few ways to work a few of these matches. Usually it's just, all right, let's run this bitch down and we're done. Yeah, I mean, that's the good part about their show, I guess, is that maybe sans the main event, not everything is super predictable. I mean, even, even the main event's not exactly predictable. I mean, you know, things could happen. Everyone could break yeah. a leg, like I said. There you go. Uh, you never know. They could all run into each other and break bones. Um... Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Now, hopefully Jamie Hayter is okay. I know she has been injured. I Probably why they've been taking her out of matches to keep her ready for this. This is um, for the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, see, I guess depending on how bad this injury is, I'm going to go Tony Storm. Yeah. I'm going to go Jamie Hayter just based on the assumption that she's going to be all right. right. But like you said, the injury, because I mean, if it was normal circumstances, it would just be, I'd go Jamie Hayter all the way. But like you said, if she, you know, how bad is the injury? If she's not able to wrestle fairly regularly, they might just take the belt off her just so that they have a more prominently featured women's champion. So that makes it hard. But yeah, I'll just go with Jamie Hayter just on the assumption that it's not so bad. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the Blackjack Battle Royal 21 Men 
are going to be in this match. We have, uh, I hate picking these, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, The Butcher, The Blade, Bandito, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Aria, uh, Aria, it's beside me, Ari, Davari, uh, Tony Nese, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Ray Phoenix, or Phoenix, fucking hate saying it like that, Penta, L-Zero, um, uh, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, and Dustin Rhodes. So I guess you need to run down kind of how the storylines have been going here. You've got Jay White and Juice Robinson in there and Ricky Starks. How come I see those guys being the last three men in there and Ricky Starks pulling off a win? I that was sort of my initial reaction, but I could also very easily see them sort of like eliminating themselves. I could see that, but but, but like, like they they're both running at him for like a clothesline, and he ducks, and they both fall over the ropes. Something like that yes. is what you were thinking. Something silly like that. Or like he eliminates both of them and then they fucking Royal Rumble style eliminate him and it somehow still counts even though they're not in the match. Like just some shit like that where they end up, you know, they're so worried with their defeat that they have amongst themselves that it ends up costing them a chance to win the belt. But I do think that of the names that you mentioned, because it's 18 of the 21 ever announced. Right. So there's still some people that aren't announced yet that might be surprises or returns come whatever um of the names that we do know right now i would say that ricky stars would be the most likely to win the belt or there to be a title change yeah i think that's who all right so we kind of both agree on that and we definitely think there's going to be some weird shit happening in the end that's all right it seems like they might have orange cassidy lose the belt because i mean they keep talking about how banged up he is Exactly. Exactly. That's why I th- I mean, I can see Orange Cassidy definitely walking away with this after all this, but wh- I mean, you're right. They've been saying, you know, for f- what is it going on? Six, seven weeks now, almost two months. You know, he's getting his ass kicked. He's having these incredible matches. How, how long, how long can he last? My God. So. And like they were even having him try to win the match this week by fucking count out. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, that's, uh, I, I just see Starks taking it and new international champion. So we'll see what happens. But next up, we got Wardlow with Arn, Christian Cage with Luchasaurus. This is a ladder match for the TNT championship. I would hate for them to fucking hot potato this title again. I really would. I think it would be the dumbest fucking... Just fucking dump this title if you're going to fucking do that at this point. But I definitely think, uh, in my opinion, Wardlow keeps this. Now, Collision is going to be on TNT, not TBS, right? Mm, I believe so. So Collision... Wow. That makes me think now. Ah, it's still some time away. Wardlow right now. Yeah, Wardlow. Stay, stay, staying with the title. That's the funny thing is it makes no logical sense for them to like take it off Wardlow, but at the same time, as much as they fucking hot potato this belt, it is not out of the realm of possibility at all. Yeah. 
I mean, it didn't make any sense to, to, to take it off of fucking Hobbs either. They did, never did anything with him. No, not at all. I'm going to go Wardlow, but it wouldn't surprise me if they fucking hot potatoed it again. No, not at all. Not at all. So, all right, folks, two matches left. We got the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Mark Briscoe will be the special guest referee. That is FTR uh, versus the, I, they never named these fucking guys. Uh, versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, so, FTR? My God, Mark, Mark. Mark, damn. Mark came out of the fucking Slapaho tribe slapping everyone the other night. Uh, I guess FTR. Hmm. I guess FTR. You're right. They didn't name Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, but I'm glad they didn't because they fucking they're the worst at tag team names. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Mm, that, that would be better than what they could think up. Oh, Triple J. Is that what they're being called? Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Oh, wow. Triple J. That's not terrible. That's not fucking proud and powerful or swerving our glory level of terrible. This is oh, okay. They all have J's in their name. Triple J. Why not? Swerving our glory was awful. It was. That was the um, worst. Right. I, just, I still feel like proud and powerful. Because <laughs> it made them seem like like kind of fucking like it's a team name consisting of like two people that you'd expect to see on American Gladiator. Proud and powerful sounded like fucking spinoff of the clan. I'm sorry. <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a much interesting like gimmick um, if they just like Clayton Bigsby style like two Hispanic white supremacists. That'd be interesting. Just that I mean, team name was so bad that it fucking broke up the team. They're not even a tag team anymore. I'm not terribly. I'm just saying. I think of the. I mean, I think of the fucking dumbass Proud Boys when I think of Proud and Powerful. It just sounds like a fucking thing. And no, I'm not calling the fucking Proud Boys racist. They're pieces of shit. And I'll just fucking leave it at that. I just, I like the idea of doing that and then just putting a Z at the end, like they're the Deadly Boys. <laughs> hard, like there was fucking like a late '90s all over again. We're we're the Proud Boys. I'm glad you made me laugh because I needed that after. I didn't even I don't even know how we got on that fucking subject. There's no reason to even fucking mention those guys at all. Because um, we were talking about how terrible Pride and Powerful is. Proud and Powerful, pride, I don't even remember. It is awful. And anyways, it, Jeff yeah. Jarrett, Jay Lethal. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, so you're 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 opposite of me on that one. So now we've got this last match, which is the four pillar match for the for the AEW World Championship. Uh, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. Um. Okay. I do think you're right. There's absolutely zero reason to take this belt off of MJF. And you're right. The only one I could see even having a shot at this is Sammy Guevara. Darby, why would you put your title on Darby? I, I You might as well put it on fucking Punk. One of them's going to fucking get, get hurt or say something stupid. Darby's going to fucking get hurt one day. Bad. And they're going to have to fucking take whatever they have on him off. So I would put as little titles on him as possible. Jungle Boy, title's bigger than he is. MJF, no one's on the level of the devil. Mm -hmm. 
So this is it, Smart. This is it. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go. No, don't do it. I feel like you listed it in order of like who's most likely in the belt. So you have MJF, you had Sammy Guevara, then you went Darby Allen, then you move up. Hmm. I feel like that's like the, the that's the most likely in that order. I'm gonna go MJF, and I'm gonna even go out on a limb and say that Jungle Boy helps. Oh, I'm gonna get a healed Jungle Boy because it was like. The whole idea is like we're talking about potentially like Sammy Guevara helping him. Will he won't? He's saying that he won't. And then I think he won't actually end up helping him. But like nobody's even considering the idea that somebody else in that match might help him. Well, I mean, there was the tease of Sammy. Sammy did say, no, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not for sale. But uh, as we know, Smart, everyone's got a price. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I just think MJF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MJF winning. Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> well, shit. We've done pretty much done everything. I know there's an ROH show uh, this weekend to you guys, I, I believe, but um, no, I'm not going through that. I'm sorry. We've done two hours already. Well, just for shits and giggles, since there is a WWE show too, we don't have to necessarily run through the whole card, but the title match, the secondary title that they're saying isn't the secondary title. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, who do you think wins? See, that's a tough one. And and again, I'm, I may not watch religiously, but I do listen and keep up with uh, WWE. Um, That's a tough one, man. A lot of people are really saying the title belongs on Seth Rollins. AJ just coming back from injury. Be a great one to put it on. People haven't seen him in a while. He's not, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's, you know, Seth Rollins is washed up, but I'm just saying people have not seen AJ in a while. Might be good to put put that title on a fresher face. I would prefer to see it on AJ Styles. I would too, but I think Rollins is winning. Yeah, that's why I said I prefer. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I, I mean, in my opinion, if they're really using their long-term thinking brain, I would put it on AJ. Yeah, that's right. I would put it on AJ Styles because I just think Seth Rollins has a lot of uh, of shit he can do, uh, a lot more matches to have, so. Just give that fucking title to AJ. Let him do his thing. Let him go to whatever fucking show they want him to and let him do his thing. So, uh, all right. What else? Anything else? No, no. I think we're good. All right. Then we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up, folks. I appreciate everybody coming on in and joining us and hope everybody enjoys the long weekend coming up for Memorial Day. Um, and uh, that's it. You guys know what to do. You can like it. You can subscribe to the show. You can do all kinds of stuff to support us. We don't ask for anything. That's all we ask. Just click a few buttons. We don't have, we don't have memberships or anything like that. Come on. Just click the fucking button. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we will be back here uh, now uh, next week. Now, Smark, are you uh, taking a week or two or three or... 
little breaky break? Yeah, tentatively speaking, right now it's looking like it's going to be about three weeks. Okay. If something happens that's like super sensational, I might jump on and get bullshit. I am liking the change of the format. That makes things a lot easier. So, But I, yeah, right now we're looking at about a two to three weeks. So we shall see. Yeah. And yeah, this Thursday thing has made it 100% less stressful on me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So much less stressful on me. So I've definitely, I'm glad it was a good move for you too. Cause it's, I think it's helped out a lot. So we'll, uh, we'll keep doing this thing on Thursdays. Um, I'm debating on whether I'm going to take at least a week off next Thursday. I mean, with, if I do, if I come on here to talk about double or nothing, it's going to be days after the show already. More than likely, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, next week off. I would go ahead and just uh, figure I'm going to if I'm on here. It's a surprise, but I think I'm going to go ahead and take it just next week off, and I'll be back the week after that. But, uh, you know, first week, kids out of school. I think I just want to kind of let them hang out and be loud and not have to be out, you know, keeping them quiet. So probably take next week off, folks, and be right back here next week. And um, that's about it. Appreciate it, Smark, and uh, yeah, man, take a break. I don't want you to get burnt out, and uh, you know, so uh, do what you got to do. I will be talking to you, and um, you guys are on hiatus with uh, the show now, right? That's right. We're back Monday, September. I believe it's 4th or 5th. It is the first first Monday in September. Um, Go ahead and totally inappropriate sports. Check it out on YouTube. We did the season finale show monday so that was a lot of fun and couldn't have picked a better time for hiatus than it's gonna be monday the 4th uh, of september is when we get back couldn't pick a better time for hiatus because yesterday mm-hmm. cheese's wife mrs cheeseman fiance i believe gave birth he was pregnant that's why we're going on hiatus anyway so oh. he scheduled the timing really well absolutely perfect congratulations cheese boy girl boy or girl uh i believe it's a girl girl i, I'm, I'm, I wasn't entirely sure guys just everybody was okay that was, that was the primary this is like everybody is happy and healthy i believe it is a girl though i could be wrong he posted a picture but i haven't been on social media much today i can't really do that at work so i but, don't know if uh, he posted it to regular so i know he like we have a group chat he posted uh, a picture I he uploaded it to other places, but yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Cheese Man. Good for you, man. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, just uh, figure we'll take next week off. We'll be back the week after that, or I'll be back at least a week after that. And uh, thanks again, folks. And we'll uh, we'll see you. See you. Uh, uh, stop. I have to hit stop.